Hello and welcome to the Tez FE podcast. My name's Kate Parker and I'm here with Julia Balgatai. Hello. And we've got a special guest this week. We have David Hughes, the Chief Executive of the Association of Colleges. Hi. And it's been a busy old week for FE. Uh, we had the Chancellor's statement on Wednesday, um, which he um, announced lots of different funding for the sector. And then yesterday we had Gavin Williamson give his landmark speech on um, FE reform ahead of the white paper that's coming in autumn. So the first thing I think we should cover is the, you know, Williamson talks about a German style FE system. And lucky for us, we have someone who's experienced the German style for herself. Uh, Julia, would you like to talk us through what exactly a German style FE system is, first of all? So, I mean, I can talk you through what the German system is, but I think it's it became clear in the speech that what German style in this case is very likely to mean is is very focused on being employer led. So the employer has quite a lot of the power in that sort of a system and also valued, so of of high value. You know, I I hate the phrase parity of esteem, but there was quite a lot of talk in his speech about this idea that we shouldn't be pushing young people towards university when that isn't right and that a, a vocational route should have equal and high value. And I think that is what they mean when they talk about a German style system. So obviously the German apprenticeship system is, you know, old and established and very highly valued. And it's what the German economy is built on. And everyone is aware of that. And it's also a bit of a, an obsession by the UK government to constantly look over to the German and the Austrian and occasionally the Dutch system in terms of what they might want to aspire to. Um, so that was one of the things that I took away from that speech, that there was a lot of aspirational talk about things that he would like to see change um, and not a great deal of detail at this point. But I don't know, David, what you made of what Williamson had to say? Well, look, I, lots of things he said have been said before and some people have criticised it for that. But the really good news and the thing that's very different, I think, is that this is a Secretary of State who's talking about a white paper in the autumn that's supported by Treasury and it's supported by Number 10. And therefore, I think it's, it will make a big difference. And, and in many ways, I think it, what he said was really important. He talked about the anchor role of colleges, the, the need for them in every community, you know, making sure that they are working with the labour market and the employers, that they're providing opportunities for adults of all ages in that community. And, and I think that is distinct and different. The university sector feel like it's an attack on them. And to some extent, the 50% university target or it wasn't a university target, it was a higher education target, kind of uh, is sort of quite good clickbait for that. But actually, again, you know, what, what he's saying was backed up in Auger um, that came out over a year ago that said, you know, half the population don't get a very good deal out of the education and, and training system. And what he's saying is we need to change that. And we're absolutely behind that. But what I've been at pains to do, you know, since that um, the speech was made is to talk about the need for really, really thriving colleges and universities. It's not either or. It's not just one at the expense of another. It's both, you know. And we shouldn't limit young people doing higher education. Um, we should we should maximise it. But you can do really good higher education in colleges um, and as well as in universities. What did you make of the sort of repeated mention in the speech of the need for colleges to be really well invested in and being able to pay their staff and attract the right staff and attract the right leaders and governors? Quite a lot of talk about money when you've been looking Yeah, which there has to be. You know, we've had a decade of neglect. Um, funding went down by 30% in the last decade. Staff pay is probably seven or £8,000 per 
um, sort of lecturer behind teacher pay. Um, all staff in colleges are underpaid in my view um, and we need to address that. We need more hours of t teaching and tuition for young people. We need more opportunities for adults. So the funding, I think, is really important. And, and, and that's, I think, the significant change or difference to some of the speeches that have been made in recent years because we've got a chancellor who recognises that and we've got a, a chancellor and a treasury that want to make that investment. But what they want to do, I think quite understandably, is, is a reformed system that in which they can invest kind of much more in, in the belief that it will deliver the productivity we need, the skills that will drive the labour market and so on. So, you know, we're right behind the, the, the white paper. We're really pleased it's happening. Um, but with every white paper, you don't get everything you want. So there's some risk. What did you make of what he said about fundamental change being required? And he talked about a bit of structural change being needed. And then there wasn't a great deal of detail of what that might look like. He talked about what role colleges should take in the community, but not necessarily what what they should look like. Were you happy yeah, with that? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's understandable, isn't it? It's early days. And I think some of that will emerge over the coming weeks and months. They've only really just started on the detail of the white paper. We've been talking about networks in areas you know so if you try to think of the geography of england you split it down to a certain number of places 50 60 that kind of number within each of those you need a network of different types of provision they can be in the same location or different locations you know you need a level and b tech provision you need technical vocational for young people you need community outreach for for adults you need literacy numeracy esol we also need that kind of level three, four, five technical as well. You need places for apprentices to come. So that network is needed. The, the, what people will get hung up on is, is that my college, your college, somebody else's college? Is it the university? Is it an independent training provider? Who runs it? Who, should, it should they merge? Who's going to drive mergers? You know, all of those sorts of questions. Actually, the first point is, can we agree that you need the network um, and that you need that range of provision in an area? And then actually we can sort out the wiring and, and, the, and the issues of who does what afterwards, I think. You know? and, and I think it's, that's what we're trying to drive the department to, is a system that works in every area for every adult, for every employer. And I guess, Kate, that links into something that you heard Andy Burnham say yesterday around what he wants to see for, for his area in terms of devolution of skills money. Yeah, so he was um, talking at the Learning and Work Institute's um, you know, summer conference. Um, and he was saying that, um, I mean, I mean, obviously there's been calls for more um, uh, funding for skills to be devolved for a long time. You know, um, Steve Khan called for it. I would, it was, maybe it was last year, you know, this isn't something new. Um, but he's, you know, talking, you know, in, in the context of the pandemic and saying that actually now really is the time to devolve that, um, that you know, devolve the skills funding further and saying that, he actually said, which I thought was quite interesting, that he thought the Department for Education was the most resistant out of all the government departments on devolution. Um, and, you know, he's saying that the problem is, he said that nationally, there's been so many hit and misses, he says, of skills policy. They haven't got a great you know, track record when it comes to it. And so why shouldn't that funding come down to reach different um, local authorities, regional authorities, and, you know, let them really tailor their provision to the local authority and meet the skills gaps within those local authorities. Um, and it's something that Lowell Williams, um, the former principal of Dudley College, actually wrote, wrote about for us as well um, earlier in the week. 
um, he was talking against the backdrop of um, Boris Johnson going to speak at the college the week before and saying that, you know, that build, build, build speech is all well and good. But actually what what we need is, you know, the local areas need to have the authority and the funding to really tailor their provision to their local area. Um, I think that, you know, and Andrew Burnham said that the um, mayor of Liverpool, Steve um, Rotherham, completely agreed with him as well and said that all of the all of the um, the mayors were in complete agreement about this. So I think it's something that we're going to see come to the fore a lot more um, as we kind of come out of this um, out of this pandemic. And I guess that's yeah, look, I, think, I, I mean, I think I mean, we've had we've got an incredibly centrally driven um, kind of bureaucracy around further education. So one of our big um, ambitions for the white paper is to, is to wipe away a lot of the micromanagement that happens because colleges are, are micromanaged at individual learner level um, f uh, to the nth degree, um, backward looking, short term, it, it kind of leads to a sort of transactional approach to life where you've got no certainty about funding beyond the next six months usually. And the relationships with employers are, are, are very, very short term because employers have been almost trained into expecting change after change after change in policy, eligibility, rules, funding and so on. So I think there's a, you know, our, our starting point for this is we want every college to have a much more strategic role in skills at wherever they might be. I think the relationship with elected mayors is an interesting one. The problem we've got in England is that they don't cover the whole of the geography. So even if you did um, one from the DfE perspective to delegate down or, or devolve down to elected mayors. What do you do with the rest of the country becomes a really important po point. So, so our view is you, what you do is you give more strategic power to the college. The colleges in Greater Manchester need to work with Andy and his team collectively, collaboratively. But actually, you give the power to the college, and in that way, Andy gets the right skills mix for his conurbation as does you know Andy Street in, in Birmingham and, and West Midlands. You know? So I'm not sure that a traditional kind of devolution just down can work very easily in England, given the geography. It almost creates like a postcode lottery, doesn't it, for the people that aren't in those areas? Yeah, it does. And, and, and we've seen a bit of that with the adult education budget already, where people who live in you know, Cheshire, for instance, if they work in Manchester, um, they're not really eligible for the same type of funding, same flexibility. That doesn't really work very well. People don't think it makes sense because it, hey, you know, kind of, it doesn't really make sense. Um, so I think we've got to we've got to think about this in a in a empowering way for colleges. But then you give the duty to colleges to work in collaboration with each other, with universities, with elected mayors, with local authorities, with employers, and so on. And then you get the system um, uh, kind of attributes right. Um, that leaders can then lead strategically. So how do you, where do you start then in that setup? Do you start with building the collaboration within the colleges and then you give them the power or do you pick a college to give the power to and then everyone kind of collates around that one college? Yeah, no, it's, it's a lovely question, Julia. Luckily, I'm not Secretary of State, so I don't have to decide. I mean, what, you know, we, there are, there are, we, we've put forward a number of different ways you get to the kind of network we think you need in each area. What, the, the first point for from our point of view is somebody needs to look at the geography and say what 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 are the areas that make most sense they don't necessarily need to be city regions or you know county political boundaries or leps some of those might work some of them probably don't work so somebody needs to draw the map and we've sort of challenged dfe a little bit privately to to do that because that would then help but what you then do is you give the duty to the colleges 
um, supported by elected mayors, if there are any, to come up with that network and that plan about how you meet the skills needs. And what you don't really need to do is to worry about some of the lower level stuff, because that needs to be delivered everywhere anyway. The real where it really hits the ground is when you need to think about the specialisation, because you don't want everyone trying to specialise in, you know, advanced manufacturing or aviation or NHS for that matter, because it just kind of dilutes the resource and the investment. What you want is a focus for that investment. And employers tell us what they want is to know where to go. You know, if you're, you know, if you've got five colleges in your area, you want to know which one specialises in the stuff that you're interested in. Um, and then you go to them. It doesn't necessarily mean they deliver it all, but you just want that. And we've gone even further and said, why don't you give money to colleges to be able to employ people who are experts in those each sector, who can provide advice to employers, particularly the SMEs, who could improve their productivity with kind of new technology or innovation or even old technology that's used somewhere else, which they're not, you know, kind of they don't know about, and then provide the skills for the workforce to be able to deliver. So you, you're shifting the role of the college a bit. It's not just delivering education. It's a hub for employers in certain sectors. It provides advice to individuals and employers. You know, it's a place where people can learn about improving productivity and new techniques. Perhaps they can go back as alumni when, you know, the techniques in their sector or their, their role changes and get an update to their skills. You know, that becomes much more dynamic and lifelong rather than just episodic, you know, just once at the beginning of your life. And it feels 100 years ago already, but it's only two days since we heard from the Chancellor on uh, on his plans for, for the sector and what support might or might not be available. What did you make of that? Was it enough? Not quite enough? The wrong kind of support? The right kind of support? Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult, isn't it? When the Chancellor comes up with £30 billion investment uh, for starting like next month, you think it, that's that's incredible, isn't it? But, it? but we do live in absolutely incredible times. And in... Any normal time, the investment that we got in the, the 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 new investment we got for colleges in the last week or two has been phenomenal. You know, two hundred million pounds of capital, really good news that starts hopefully very soon. You know, a boost to traineeships, hundred million for sort of eighteen, nineteen year olds, and um, some other you know other bits and bobs around that are really helpful. You know, sort of sector based work academies that you know those sorts of things. Um, the uh, the incentive for employers to take on apprentices, which we we also called for. We asked for £3,000. They've done that for 18, 19, 16, 17-year-olds, which is great. But, you know, and it, there is a but, it's really difficult to see how it all fits together. And what our, I think our job to do in colleges is to help make that happen. And I said that at the Learning and Work Institute conference yesterday. Look, the big job now is for local authorities, colleges, Job Centre Plus, um, you know, voluntary and community sector, training providers to come together at lo locally in the places that I've been talking about and say, how do we make this work? How do we make it w work for every single young person and adult? How do we make it work for employers? And, and I think the funding is there. What we're asking for from government is more flexibility for colleges because, you know, there's going to be more online learning. And at the moment, it's difficult to know how you record that so that auditors don't kick you up the backside. And um, there's issues about you know, if you get more 16 and 17 year olds recruited this autumn, you know, you, you, you don't get the funding for it until a year later. We just don't think that that's going to work because we think there will be big spikes. You know, there's something about adults and, and we were a bit disappointed in the adult side. I think, you know, intensive training for people to move out of retail and hospitality into social care, for instance, we think is a real no brainer. But 
there isn't the facility to do that at the moment. And, you know, we need that. Yeah, and Gillian Keegan was talking at the same Learning and Work Institute um, conference, the EUE yesterday, and I watched her and, you know, somebody asked the question about adults because, you know, the the whole budget was all very focused on young people. And she said, oh, well, you know, we are very focused on on adults. And she said about the school's toolkit, school's toolkit um, which was launched in April. And she said um, that, you know, an all age apprenticeship and, and things like that. But I remember spe you speaking at an education um, forum, an Ed Select Committee, sorry, David, um, it must have been about a month or so now. And you were talking about, I remember you talking about um, universal credit and the kind of rules around that and that how that meant that adults couldn't then um, wouldn't be able to do kind of like short intensive courses to help them reskill or help them move across to um, within sectors and with, is that the sort, sort of thing that you would have liked to have yeah, seen completely. for adults? Uh, look you know we know retail and hospitality are going to be really badly hit they already have been there'll be lots of people who come out of those sectors they've got lots of really good experience but they haven't um, uh, got the perhaps the confidence and maybe some of the background skills to move into a different sector. You know, two or three weeks of intensive training could really turn around that confidence, help them start applying for jobs. But the, they're probably going to be in a situation where they have to start applying for jobs and show that, and the training therefore won't be accessible. And, and it's that joining up of DWP and DFE policy that I'd like to see. So, you know, the, the chance to talk about it as a jobs budget or a jo jobs plan, and it is, what we would have liked to have seen is a jobs and skills plan and just much better integration of the skills. Now, having said that, the good thing they did was not invent loads of new schemes because we, you know, this needs to move quite quickly. Um, but what what we really think that we need is, is, is a bigger focus on skills and jobs because there won't be enough jobs. The apprenticeship incentive will work, but it won't work enough. There will still be young people coming out of school and college wanting a job, not getting one or wanting an apprenticeship and not getting one. And what we we want to see is more flexibility to deliver, you know, level three, four skills, probably mostly some level two to help them get ready. Because, you know, and to be, and, and to have a very, very laser-like focus on the labor market, but in college with employers supporting. So, so the other thing we've been asking for is, is much more focus on sectors, you know, so construction sector we're working with, and they're really worried about you know, probably spring next year, not being able to get the people with the skills they need to deliver the infrastructure that, you know, Boris Johnson talked about in his Build, Build, Build speech, you know. So we're, we're in this ironic place where we'll have high unemployment, but we won't have the skills provision in place and funded for people to get ready for when the jobs come back if it is a V-shaped recession. So that a little bit more on that, I think, is needed um, and a bit more confidence that, investing in skills now is the right thing you know nine billion pounds uh, potentially on people coming back from furlough that bonus that's a phenomenal amount of money some of that being spent on skills at level three and four would have been fantastic in my view so it's only a couple of weeks maybe two three weeks since you wrote for us about losing your optimism for a little bit where are you at now are you feeling slightly more optimistic less optimistic um, in need of a good lie down. I think I'm in need of some holiday, which I've got next week. I, I mean, I'm I am more I'm optimistic for the medium term. I'm I'm worried about the short term. I think this this autumn's going to be really tough. Colleges um, have been hit severely financially, as has every other institution and organisation in society in our economy. I know that. Um, but they they look after seven hundred thousand young people. They look after one point four million adults. They 
they need to be open and operating and providing that optimism and hope and motivation for people. And, you know, that's a big ask because it's difficult with uh, social distancing. So, you know, this this September is not far away. Um, and I'm I'm worried about how the impact on people. I think it's been a really tough time in lockdown for colleges. They've been really working hard to get, you know, people to stay in learning online and virtually as well as some face-to-face. And so I think this, this September to December is going to be difficult. I think still loads of uncertainty, fear about getting, you know, kind of flare-ups um, a bit like Leicester and Melbourne and places. Um, I think the labour market, I'd hope not, but it does look as though it's going to be hit really badly. And therefore, the kind of whole mood of the country will go down. So that medium term, I worry about uh, the short term. I worry about. medium term. I think with the white paper, with the focus on colleges and the role of colleges, I am much more optimistic, and I'm going to maintain that optimism all the way through. Good. <laughs> That's what we like to hear. <laughs> well, thank you very much for for joining us. Yes, and have a wonderful holiday, David. You deserve deserve a good break away from it yeah, all. Yeah, thank you. And it's been a pleasure. And I will I will definitely try and have a good time off. <laughs>